Let's pray. Father, I need your touch. I know others need your touch. We are so thankful for the visitation of the Spirit this morning. And I pray that you'll visit probably in a different way the next service. And I pray that your glory will abound and lives will be changed and touched. We'll thank you for what you're doing and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the church says, amen, amen. Remember the offering in the back. In a week or two, we're going to change up the offering. We might go back to doing it in a way where we still don't pass the buckets. We'll, we'll see. Um, I, I don't know if you care one way or the other. Uh, I don't know. But uh, you've, been, you've been faithful, and I appreciate it so much. You can always give electronically by just texting this number. You, you, could, you could lay in bed and pay your tithes. It's, I probably should encourage that. <laughs> Worshiping at St. Mattress. Amen. So we're, we're, let's talk about Naomi. Can I get an amen? I, Ruth is probably my, my favorite book in the whole Bible. And you know, over the years, I think I've preached three entire series on Ruth. And, and, and not that I repeated them. It were three completely different series, probably, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 sermons. But I, I don't know that I've ever completely just focused on Naomi. And the Lord put that on my heart as one of the ten women I need to talk about. And, and, and I think the reason why, first of all, is, is that Naomi was depressed. And if we've ever had a time where, where, where we, we've been isolated and depressed and discouraged and, and uh, I guess Gallup just, just did a poll. I don't know how they got people to answer this. So I don't know how accurate this is. But they, had, they asked, you know, are you a Christian? Are, did you used to go to church before? And they asked, are you coming back? And, and 30, not 20, 30% of the people that responded said, I'm never going back to church. I, I think there's a real depression going on. And I think the enemy... Whatever you think about this, about COVID, I think the enemy used it to, to just, to just snap, slap the snot out of a lot of Christians. And, and, and I think there's, you know, I don't know if it is, but this kind of feels to me like the great falling away. If we lose 30% of the church, is that not the great falling away? And if it's not, how great is that going to be? But we also know that the faithful, once we separate sheep from goats, the faithful sheep are going to rise up in power. And this is why we're seeing what we're seeing in the church. While I have to admit, a lot of churches are just closing their doors. I want you to understand something. Naomi had a good reason to be depressed. Maybe you do too. We see other people in Scripture that were depressed. Remember Elijah? We could preach about him. How about Job? Bless his heart. <laughs> I, I, I mean, poor Job, even his wife just, you know. Maybe Job's wife should have been one of the ten. I don't know. Uh, 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 you know, but what, what, what's the answer 
What's the answer to depression? You know, Winston Churchill, y'all know Winston He once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Y'all know what that man did, right? You know, you, know your, you know your history somewhat. But a lot of you don't know that Winston Churchill was plagued with depression. In fact, he had a name for it. He called it the black dog. And sometimes he would just say, the black dog is back. Roosevelt, I think both Roosevelts, suffered with depression. Abraham Lincoln had his moments, his moods, where it would just be dark. Some of the greatest men and women in history have dealt with depression. And not that they beat it, but they did what they had to do in spite of it. I'm not here to just help you through it. I believe in God can break through it. And God can give you the breakthrough you need. Look, look at Naomi's situation in chapter 1, verse 19. The, the two of them, that's Ruth and Naomi, you know the history. Uh, maybe I'll touch on it. But the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? It's been 10 years. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. This is God's fault. (laughs) I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me And the Almighty has afflicted me. You know, there's no hope when you feel like God himself is against you. What hope is there? No wonder she was depressed. She had 10 years of what you might call compounded. You heard of compounded interest? She had compounded suffering. Sometimes one bad decision will lead to another one and leads to another one and leads to another one. Y'all know what I'm saying. Her husband said, you know, uh, business is drying up 10 years before that. Uh, Things are bad. Things are better in Moab. let's, Let's pick up the family and let's move to Moab. Well, that had consequences. And her husband died in Moab. And then, and then both her sons died in Moab. And while there, her rascal sons married those Moabite women. She had to endure that. You know, it occurred to me that she had three funerals and none of them were Jewish. Because she was in a foreign land. She had no spiritual support. No family support. Nothing. Nothing. Dead husband, dead sons. And now she's returning home empty. She has even less than she had 10 years before that. Is anybody depressed yet? She's not just broke, she's completely empty. She has nothing and no hope of anything because you can't, you know, there's no, there's, there, there's no stimulus check coming. There's no Social Security. There's no safety net. There's not even a job available for this woman. She's probably just coming home to at least die with people she knew. And for some crazy reason, Ruth decides to go with her. 
I think Ruth was depressed too. I don't know. I, I was reading and studying depression, and they say there are six, six identifiers or qualifiers or things that really increase, you know, your chances of being depressed. Do you all want to hear what they are? Okay, for Larry's sake, I'll... Uh, Thank you, Larry. One for you, I'd have to quit. I'd have to just drop the mic. Number one is overwhelming life experiences or an overwhelming schedule or just too many things going on that you can't juggle them anymore and you can't figure them out anymore and you're absolutely overwhelmed with it. So that, as that goes on, it leads to depression. And how about number two, comparing oneself with other people? As you begin to say, well, I'm not as good as that, or I wish I could do this, and, and uh, you know, why does God bless them and he doesn't bless me? And you, get, you start comparing yourself. It, it, be careful because there, there's a lot there you can't control. And, and before you know it, you start getting depressed. Number three, ruminating self-talk. I don't know if you know what ruminate means. Ever seen a cow chew cud? That's called rumination. Did you ever notice that he's not even eating any grass, but he's chewing? Let's get gross a minute. So what? He has a couple stomachs, so he swallows it, brings it back up, chews it again, swallows it, brings it back. Aren't you glad evolution didn't go that way with us? Thank God for evolution. Amen. Right now, Jesus, thank you for not making my stomach like that. Boy, if you can't shout with that, you're you're just backslidden. Number four, a broken pain process. Because you you can have pain, but if you can't process it, that leads to depression. You don't know what to do with your We all hurt. We all go through stuff. Amen. We've all been hurt. We've all, we've all, we've all suffered loss. But most of us have learned how to process it and get through it. Amen. But if the, if, if the very things you have to process it are broken, as in Naomi's case, it leads to depression. Number five. I'm going through it quickly. And when I said six points, you thought, my God, we'll be here till two. Isolation and loneliness. Hello, COVID. (laughs) People aren't just isolated. They're depressed. We talk about, you know, children need socialization. And something's happening to children that are being locked up at home. They're literally bouncing off walls. People are... You know, we, even if you're an introvert, (laughs) you need people. Oh, come on, church. I I was just at a conference for a couple days, and and, and they told us it was mandatory. You had to wear a mask in church, mandatory. And, And we had to stay two or three seats away from everybody. I was happy. I sat in the back. I had bows. Yeah. But 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 even even 
even people like me get to the point sometimes where, you know, I need to talk to somebody. And when you're isolated and you get lonely, it can lead to depression. And the sixth one is, no matter what the psychologists say, sometimes there's a whole lot of spiritual warfare going on. And we know in her case, in Naomi's case, it was spiritual warfare because she's blaming God for the whole thing. The devil is a liar. It wasn't God's fault. It was her husband's fault. He made that decision. God didn't make him move to Moab. But she's blaming God. And we get to the place where, you know, if the devil can get you to blame God for your problems, you have just eliminated all hope for the answer to your problem. Don't ever get to the place, and a lot of people do. And a lot of people say, I'll never go back to church because of this and because of that, and they hurt my feelings, and preacher didn't shake my hand after church, and oh, put your big boy pants on and get over it. Oh, Jesus. If you ever find a perfect church, please don't join it. Because then it won't be perfect anymore. I mean, I mean, look at Naomi. Look at her life. You see all six overwhelming life experiences. Uh, she's she's comparing herself with other people. You know, it's like it's it's like I've never I've never been to my my homecoming. My what's it called? Home? No, high school reunion. I've never because it's in Minnesota. So I've never been back, but. I don't know what that's like, but have you ever gone back 20, 30 years later and everyone's comparing and you're comparing and, and you go back and it's, it's kind of like she had, she had to go home and uh, these were just my notes. I'm, you didn't have to put all this on here. Y'all going to see my notes now. So I'm thinking, now what did I put on here? So she... <laughs> so it's 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 like a, it's in fact that helps me. Thank you. It's like going to a high school reunion. And you're the loser. You look worse than anybody else there. <laughs> so you're comparing yourselves. You know they succeeded. I didn't. Da, 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 da. You come away from the reunion more depressed than you were when you went. Jesus. You know number three. She she talked herself into defeat. Don't call me Naomi. You know, she actually wanted her identity to change. I'm not that person anymore. I am a depressed person. It's my identity. That's pretty low. Come on, church. And number four, the broken pain. I mean, she's in a place where she can't fix it. Nothing in Moab is in place. There, there, there's no rabbis there. There's no synagogue there, there. There's nothing there. There's no family there. Mostly people who hate Jews are there. And she has no way to fix this. Wow. What about isolation and loneliness? Not only was she alone, but this is the end of the family line. All the inheritance of the family goes, it's gone. There's no inheritance. There's nothing anymore. Are y'all feeling this yet? It, it gets better. Hang on. <laughs> and whenever God says, or whenever you, th you think that God has abandoned you, 
Listen, you are in a war. When you start thinking God's abandoned me or God did this or why did God do this, you are in a war. I just helped somebody if you'd accept it. You're in a war. Hebrews 12, 15 talks about this. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any what? Root of springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Did you know bitterness can defile you? Depression can defile you? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. But, but, God, but God had an answer. Now, you all ready for the good news? it's kind of fun. These six things, look at the life of Elijah, and I don't have time to go through it, but Elijah hit all six of these. Job hit all six of these. Look at other people in scriptures, and you'll see all six of these. And so, so God, God, God began, God began to come along and and God, how many know God began to bring Naomi out of this? So here's how God brings it out of you. Number one, he, he, he starts to give you new assignments and callings. If, 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 what, if what back there is broken, God begins to give you new things. I, I remember when Elijah was just completely depressed, and he said, I'm the only one left. Remember that? And God says, no, you're not the only one left. There's 7,000. Listen, listen, I studied that. It wasn't just 7,000 believers. It was 7,000 prophets. And he thought he was the only prophet left. No, they're hiding. They're hiding. They're they're, they're not around you. You don't know their names, but I've got 7,000. Listen, you might be away in a cave somewhere, but God's got your name, and God counted you, and it's going to be all right. He knows who you are. And Elijah just began to complain and talk about, you know, I'm the only one left and, and you know, all this stuff and everyone's against me and no one loves me. And, and you know what? God just completely ignored him and gave him a new assignment. <laughs> right? Here's God's answer to Elijah. Go anoint this guy, Jehu. Go, go and anoint, anoint the king over Israel. Anoint the king over over. Um, over uh, uh, Judah, and, and, and I've, got a, I've got a spiritual son for you called Elisha. God just ignored him and gave him a new assignment. Sometimes God will pull you out of where you are by giving you something new to do. So do it in Jesus' name. Number two, sometimes God sends new people into your life, even if it is a Ruth. <laughs> I mean, what good is Ruth? First of all, she's a Moabite. So now, not only do I have to come home, but I've drug a Moabite with me. Not only do I have to feed myself, but I got to feed her. Sometimes the very thing you think is going to bring you down might be the very thing that's going to pick you up. Sometimes the very person God tells you to minister to becomes the very person that ministers to you. How about this? The person that aggravates you the most may actually be the person who has the key to your breakthrough. Love your enemies. I said it would get better. I don't know if it is. Number three, what about self-talk, talking, you know, what, what you say in your head and all that stuff? You know, God will give you a new narrative. 
I love that song. I, I, I thought I was surrounded, but I was surrounded by you. I thought I was surrounded, but I was surrounded by you. I thought my enemies were going to overwhelm me, but you overwhelmed my enemies. God is going to start. That's why you praise the Lord, because the praise will give you a new narrative. It will cause you to think differently as you begin to praise. Amen. As you make a decision, I don't feel it, but I'm going to praise anyway. And when you praise the Lord, it changes the talk in your head. God help us in this place. Amen. I don't care what season you're in. It's the same song. It's the same praise. Wherever you're at, however low you might be, I'm here to encourage you in the name of Jesus. God's about, if you'll just praise him, it'll change the self-talk in your head. Is anyone getting what I'm saying? Number four, he'll create new options for healing. She didn't know about this kinsman redeemer thing. She didn't know about, uh, <laughs> about old Boaz stepping forth and becoming a, a healer. A, a kinsman redeemer is when you have no inheritor. There's no males left. Another male in the family can step up and restore your inheritance. We're talking about Jesus. When there's nothing left and there's no healing, there's Jesus. And he becomes your healing. And what about loneliness and isolation? She came home comparing herself to everyone else. Ten years, ten years, ten years. You know, it's been, it's been weird. We've had like what, what, three or four people now uh, come back to church after 20 years. Come back to our church after 20 years gone. And, and, and it's like... <laughs> It's like God is just saying, I'm creating new community. I'm creating a place for people to land. All of a sudden, th those women that may have been, remember what they said, is this Naomi? Yeah. This decade hasn't been good for her. <laughs> she didn't age well. <laughs> Come on, you ever see somebody and you're like, time was not good for them. What have you been through? You know, life's been rough on you. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I think Naomi aged beyond her 10 years. Is this Naomi? They, they couldn't hardly recognize her. She had changed so much. Listen, depression will do that to you. Hard times will age you. Come on, church. But Psalm 68 and 6 says he puts the solitary in families. He puts the solitary in families. He takes the lonely and puts them in a group. He, 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 he takes those that have been cast out, amen, and puts them in community. That, that's why, church, we got to be the church, not just have church. That's why we got to have small groups. That's, that's why we have to be welcoming when someone comes through the door. Because, th th listen, this has to be family. And, and, I, and listen, family's not always good. Oh, I know you have a perfect family, but God, Jesus, help us. But family's family. You may not always get along. You might fuss and feud, but family is family. You know, you, you know I can fuss at you, but no one else can fuss. 
We might fuss at each other. Sometimes you might fuss at someone in the church. But listen, if the devil fusses at somebody, I'm rising in their defense in the name of Jesus. Dada, you get your hands off of every family in this church. Get your head, get your mind out of their minds in Jesus' name. Set them free, God. Ah, hallelujah. Don't touch my family. Don't touch my family. God gives new community. And, and listen, and, and God wins, and God gives, God births new life. And it's something we've been, this is the third woman. Hannah, Hannah got a child. Sarah got her child. Whew, glory to God. And now it says, strangely, let's go to Ruth chapter 4. Strangely, it said, well, let's just read it. It says, and Boaz married Ruth. She became his wife. Boaz slept with her. By God's gracious gift, she conceived and had a son. And the town women, oh, here we go, those town women, they said to Naomi, blessed be God, he didn't leave you without family. Oh, that just hit me. He didn't leave you without family to carry on your life. May this baby grow up to be famous in Israel. He'll make you young again. He'll take care of you in old age. And this daughter-in-law who has brought him into the world and loves you so much, why, she's worth more to you than seven sons. This Moabite. How many know God can change wagging tongues? Naomi took the baby and held him in her arms, cuddling him. Can you see this? Cooing over him, waiting on him hand and foot. Come on, Grandma. Spoil that baby. The neighborhood women started calling him Naomi's baby boy. Boy, you know it's something when you're the grandma and you're the mama. But his real name was Obed. And Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. What if God hadn't broken in? What if God doesn't break in in your life? Let me ask it another way. Oh, what's life going to be like when God breaks in to yours and changes everything, everything? What is it going to be like? It's almost like, if you read the other scriptures, it, it's almost like Naomi's nursing the baby. It's weird. Because that's not possible. Hello? In the natural, right? God will restore. Remember what she said to Ruth and, 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 and that other gal? She said, what are you going to do? Are you going to wait? Are you going to wait for me to get married again and have another child? And, or two other, you want me to have two other boys and you wait for them to grow up and you marry them? That ain't going to happen. It happened. <laughs> Through Ruth, God will make a way where there is no way. God will make a way where there is no way. Listen, I'm simply here to tell you something. You have a place in the story. 
Don't let the devil rob you of your place in the story. Come on, can I not get an amen there? God has a God has something powerful, wonderful for you. Don't let the enemy take what belongs to you. Don't let that talk in your head talk you out of a blessing. Don't let all the negativity that's going on. Your hope is not in the White House. Your, your hope is not in the State House. Your, your hope is, 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 is not in society. Your hope is not in someone else. It's not even in Grandma. Your hope is in Him. Your hope is in the Lord.